Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. It's Luke 2, starting to read at verse 8. The shepherds and the angels. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men on whom his favour rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what they had been told about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. Let's pray as we stand. Father God, we thank you for the joy of Christmas. And Father, we pray that this morning you would help us to again catch a glimpse of this joyful news and to rejoice in you. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, please uh, pick up your Bibles again and turn back to uh, Luke chapter 2. And we'll think about that. Uh, together this morning. I wonder whether you are looking forward to Christmas. Now, I guess many of us are, uh, but I wonder whether you're looking forward to Christmas, but with a, a sense of being overwhelmed. There's going to be fun, but there's just so much to get done. Now, there's a presents to buy, and it's all down to Royal Mail now, whether they actually get here. Uh, the cards to write, uh, the food to buy, the presents to wrap, people to visit, the cake to make, the presents to deliver, uh, the potatoes to peel, the last dash, minute, last minute dash for sprouts. Uh, I wonder if you feel it can all be a little bit too much, a bit overwhelming. And then Christmas Day starts really early and then it just keeps on going. Well, if you weren't worried about Christmas and um, being overwhelmed, maybe you are now. Um, but you can feel like that, can't it? It's an overwhelming time. And the overwhelming things that come, all the things that are to be done, it can rob us of a sense of joy when it comes to Christmas, can't it? Well, hopefully from today's passage, we will go away with joy. And amidst all the busyness of everything that will happen, that we will have joy this Christmas time. And not that I can produce joy in you. Only God can do that. My aim is to show you from this passage in Luke 2 why we should have joy You could summarize the purpose of this passage in this way, I think. Rejoice in the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, by being humble like the shepherds. Rejoice in the Savior, who is Christ the Lord, by being humble like the shepherds. 
We'll rejoice in the Saviour who is Christ the Lord. Now in Luke 2, we have here the announcement of the birth, the birth of Christ announced. In the beginning of the chapter, remarkably briefly, we've been told that the baby has been born. And here Jesus is announced to the world. Now today when we announce births, people do it on Twitter or Facebook. Or if you search on Pinterest, you'll see baby announcements all over the place. You see, well, nobody can actually top this birth announcement, though. Here comes the angels to announce the birth. But, you know, that's not really the remarkable thing. The Son of God has just been born, so you would, in some ways, expect that there would be angels. The surprising thing for us is that the first people to hear about it are the shepherds. Now, when my boys were born, the first people that I uh, told that they were born were my parents and Kirsty's parents. Uh, we phoned them to tell them, because you tell your family first. And then we started announcing it wider afield. And yet when Jesus was born, immediately the news is announced to the world. Immediately it's announced to wider, a wider audience. It's more than just a family affair, this birth. And it's news which brings rejoicing now you see the angels singing, the shepherds praising, the people are amazed and Mary ponders in our hearts. People rejoice and so this morning rejoice. The angels appear to these shepherds who are in their fields and the, the shepherds are terrified. You see that in verse 9? In a moment we will sing that the shepherds quaked at the sight. I quite like that verb, quaked. Do you think that's a, that's a good word? The, the shepherds quaked when the angels came. And the angels then come and you see what they say? The same thing the angels always say, do not be afraid. If you read from the beginning of Luke, you'll have seen them saying, don't be afraid to Zechariah and then to Mary and now again to the shepherds. I sometimes wonder whether the angels, when they appeared to people, they thought, oh, not again. They're afraid again. I'm just an angel. Don't be afraid. But do you see why they're not to be afraid? Do you see what they say? Don't be afraid because I bring you news of great joy. Don't be afraid because this is good news which I'm going to bring you of great joy. You see, it's not just good news, it's good news of great joy. Great joy, this news. Uh, like in, the, in the Greek, the word there for great joy is megaline. You kind of get the sense for you, don't you? It's megaline joy. This is great joy. This is not a small thing. And you see the people will rejoice in this. And so we are to rejoice in this great news, this good news of great joy which is for us. And the great news is focused on a child born in a particular time, in a particular place. Did you see it? In the town of David, today in the town of David. And they rejoice that he is the saviour and that he is Christ the Lord. You see the three things said about this boy? He is a saviour. He is Christ, he is Lord. You see, he is the the saviour, that is the one who can deliver. Jesus will deliver us from our enemies. He will save us from the peril that faces us. Now as Christians, we know that the peril which faces us is our sinfulness. Our rebellion against God. I think sometimes we're tempted to think, aren't we, that as, Chris, as humanity we've, we've developed beyond that kind of description. And that we've made a world which is great. Maybe in the past people were like that, but not now. You know, so we've got better buildings. 
Infrastructure is good, apart from Sheffield Roads. Uh, We've got good cultural facilities. We've got good schools, great hospitals. And you might quibble about some of the things around the edges, but they're great. And we can be tempted to think that actually we have progressed so that we are no longer sinful because of those things. And yet when you scratch under the surface of what's going on, surely people are still full of the same kinds of sins that they were. They were full of jealousy, prone to anger. We see in the news people who abuse others by taking what they want. We see our own selves being selfish. We desire for things inordinately and we all try to get those, but we can't have them. And those vices have never changed from age to age. The same impulses are still there within us all. And what those things point to is actually our hearts are still those which are against God, which rebel against God. And we are still those who need to hear this great news that there's a saviour has been born. A saviour who will save us from all the consequences of our sin. He is our saviour. And we will celebrate it when we come to communion at the end of this service. Rejoicing that Jesus Christ died on the cross, shedding his blood for us to save us. So rejoice in the Saviour who is rejoice in the Saviour. And secondly, rejoice in the Saviour who is Christ. You see the second thing, he is Christ. And that's not his surname. No, I'm Peter Bramhall. Jesus' surname wasn't Christ. It's a title, and it means anointed one. The anointed one who will be king. And if we'd been reading from the start of the gospel, that wouldn't surprise us. Uh, Because to Mary, when the angel appeared, um, Mary was told that her child would take up the throne of his father, David. And so flip back a page and you'll see it in chapter 1 and verse 32. You see, the angel says to Mary, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. You see, Jesus is the Christ who will be king. And one of the main things that a king did was deliver his people, protected and saved his people. And that's what Christ does as our king. So rejoice in the saviour who is Christ. Rejoice in the saviour who is Christ the Lord. The Lord. You see that third description of Christ? And this is the remarkable thing, really. You know, if you've been reading through Luke... We've heard mention of the Lord a number of times. And yet the one who is described as Lord up till now is God himself. God in all his authority and all his majesty is described as Lord. And so in chapter 1 and verse 36, Mary prays and says, My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my saviour. And then Zechariah prays in verse 68 saying, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel. Because he has come and redeemed his people. And as the angels come and appear to these shepherds, they see a saviour who has been born, who is Christ the Lord. And Luke only really gives a hint of what that will mean. But as the gospel progresses, we see more and more of what it means. And in Luke's second volume, Acts, we could see the zenith comes in Acts 2 when Peter preaches to the people. And do you remember the conclusion of that sermon? In Acts chapter 2 and verse 36. Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, says Peter. 
God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. See, as Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father, now he is both Lord and Christ. As the angels announced, Christ the Lord. Here is Jesus, Christ the Lord. The one with absolute authority and sovereignty, such that he is able to bring us salvation. You see, this is great news about a saviour who has been born, who is Christ the Lord. He is the one who is able to save. He's the one with all authority in heaven and on earth. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas. You know, we don't celebrate with that, I hope he can maybe save us from the future. No, he is Christ the Lord. He is able to and he has saved those who put their trust in him. So rejoice in the Saviour who is Christ, the Lord. But you know, here's the issue for us. On the one hand, some of us just don't get it. And on the other, some of us just don't feel the joy of it. You know, some people just don't get this. Last week I was walking home from the carols. um, And after we'd been heard this message about the Messiah so clearly in Paul's talk... Do you remember you shall call him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins? And as I walked home, I overheard one couple talking and saying how much they'd enjoyed the service and singing the carols. And I couldn't quite hear, but I think then what they were going on to say was, but what was all that about Jesus saving us from our sins and getting us into heaven? I just don't get it. What's it all about? You see, they'd understood the words of the message. They knew Paul had talked about sins and about getting into heaven, but they just didn't get it. Do your friends not have the same reaction at times? For some people, it just seems so ridiculous, this message. The people kind of say, I hear your words, but I just don't understand. I just don't get it. It would be as if somebody phoned me on Christmas Day and said to me, "Eh, Hi, I'm in the Atlantic Ocean with a lifeboat so I can come and save you. Uh, I would reply. "Um, I'm sitting in my house watching Downton Abbey. What what do you mean you've, you've got a lifeboat in the Atlantic to save me? And when we tell people of this news of a saviour who is born, that's what they sometimes hear, isn't it? And so on the one hand, there are those who just don't get it. Maybe you're one of those. But for many of us here, we just don't really find it joyful. We know the message, but it doesn't really fill us with joy. We hear it, we accept it. We are Christians and we are wanting to go on as Christians, but we don't really feel the joy of this message. Well, for those of us who just don't get it, and for those of us who feel no joy, we need to learn the same lesson from this passage. And it's as I said in the, in the summary, rejoice in the Savior who is Christ the Lord by being humble like the shepherds. Be humble like the shepherds. It is quite surprising, you know, that the first people to hear this news were the shepherds. Now, as we come to this passage, we, we are meant to focus on Jesus, and that's what we're doing. We're focusing on Jesus, yet in the nativity scene, onto the stage come the shepherds. Uh, They come on stage less and their attention focuses on them for a moment. Uh, They provide the backdrop to understand the whole message. Uh, And this is the point. Shepherds are simple folk. Uh, They're not kings. Uh, Shepherds were just run-of-the-mill people. 
They were in the upper crust. You know, there's been a, a survey um, on Facebook this week to see how middle class you are. You can answer various questions and it will tell you how middle class you are, whether you're 25% middle class or 50% middle class. Uh, well, the shepherds here, well, they're just ordinary. 0% middle class, I think, they would have probably come out. You see, that's the point. They've got no ears and graces. Uh, they would just be on the bottom of the pile, just getting on with life. Now, there are, there are, as one commentator puts it, the lowly and humble who respond to God's message. The lowly and humble who recognize their need and respond to God's message. And so when God speaks, they respond. The, the shepherds are just simple folk. And as you read the New Testament, they're not the exception. Now think of 1 Corinthians 1. Paul speaking to the Corinthians says that not many of them were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. The Corinthian people were just ordinary people, those Christians there. Or do you remember when Jesus met the rich man? And after the rich man went away, Jesus said how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Hard because with people with means can provide for themselves. In fact, people with means pride themselves in the fact that they have set themselves up. We've got a little bit left over for helping other people. A little bit left over for some of the luxuries in life. And when the problems come in life, we have a little bit put by so that we can cater for those things. The roof blows off and so you can employ a roofer. The car breaks down, you fix it. The pipe freezes and floods and we can replace the carpet. We can meet the things which come up in life. And the danger for us as people who are rich is that we think we can even provide in our spiritual need. And so the wealth that we have becomes a cover for our real poverty inside. And we can't admit that we have poverty inside. You see, when this gospel message comes, when the message of the Savior who is Christ the Lord comes, we need to be those who are lowly and humble to receive it and accept it. And for many, that's the offense of the gospel, isn't it? They are unwilling to be humble and accept this message. You see, we don't see our need and we're always looking for more things for ourselves. Do you feel like that sometimes? I feel like I've always got a right to more. A right to more pleasure. A right to more fitness. A right to have more time. A right to have more stuff. And at times it feels like I can never be joyful. Yet if I change my thinking in light of the gospel, I can't think that way. Be humble before this message. Realize that you have nothing and you are offered everything in Jesus. That's the point of the angel's song, isn't it? Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to men on whom his favor rests. Now the angels are not proclaiming there that there will be world peace. And the Christmas carol gets it right when it says, Yet with the woes of sin and strife the world has suffered long. Beneath the angel's strain have rolled two thousand years of wrong. You see, the angels are not proclaiming that there will be world peace but they're proclaiming that on earth there will be peace. The men can know peace with God. And those who will experience that peace with God are those upon whom God's favor rests. 
And when you are humble, when you are lowly, then you will know his favor. You see, we can then experience the peace, we can experience peace with God, but it only comes to those who are humble. You know, as Mary sang, he has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. I wonder, are you willing to be humble and lifted up? Do you remember what James says? Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. The issue for us is, are we willing to be humbled by this message and be lifted up? You see, if you don't humble yourselves to recognize your need and see how it's been met in the Lord Jesus, you will never get it. And you will never rejoice like the angels. So amid the busyness and the anxious wait for presents that have not come, remember to rejoice in the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Remember that we have far more than we ever deserve in the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Remember to be humble before him and to rejoice in this Savior by being humble like the shepherds. Well, let me lead us in prayer. Father God of heaven and earth, we praise you for your Son, our Lord. We praise you that he is our Saviour. And we praise you that he is both Christ and Lord. And we confess that often we do not find joy in this because we think too highly of ourselves. Please humble us to see the extraordinary gift that you gave us in Christ. Help us to realize again and again how much we needed saving and how gloriously you provided for that in Christ. And cause us to rejoice this Christmas in the Savior who is Christ the Lord. Help us to be humble like the shepherds. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.